Amen. It is his breath in us, amen, that gives us the power and the strength to praise him this morning. I want you to think back to your childhood, maybe your young teenage years, kind of uh, growing up there a little bit. And maybe in high school, do you remember the first person that you really wanted to get to know you wanted to get close to maybe that that first love we probably all remember that you don't have to share that with the spouse sitting next to you we all know there was for some was somebody that was in our heart maybe it was that boy or that girl but you know you just wanted to get to know them more you wanted to spend time with them you wanted to talk to them on the phone Men, you remember that. You talk to that young lady on the phone. You set that date up. You go and you get all freshly bathed and shaved up and put that little aftershave on. And you get out those right pair of blue jeans and that shirt and put it on. And you put on a little bit of cologne. Well, it didn't go unnoticed. The ladies, you can smile. You did the same thing. You got all pretty for that date and washed up and got all dressed up. You had to have the right outfit. Some of you ladies probably tried on two or three and then changed again just before you went out. You put the makeup on and got the hair just right and put on a little bit of that perfume. And then when you saw them, you got those butterflies in your stomach. Do you remember that? I kind of remember that in my life. But now let me ask you this. Do you remember when you were first saved and you were brought out of that miry pit of sin? For many, there was that desire that you wanted to know Jesus more. And when you sinned, you felt that remorse all the more, it seems to be. And you, were, you wanted to be cleansed and free of that. Well, this morning, maybe you do remember that time of your salvation. Maybe you don't. But if you would like to know Jesus more, if you would like to draw closer to him, if you would like to maybe get back to where that first love was with Jesus, God's word tells us exactly how to do that. And today that's what we're going to do as we look at the five ways to draw closer to Jesus would you take your copy of God's Word with me and turn to the third chapter of the book of Ruth? The third chapter of the book of Ruth. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Joshua, Judges, Ruth. So we're going to be the third chapter of the book of Ruth. And if you would stand with me once you've turned there, we're going to focus primarily on the first five verses this morning. We will briefly... Look at some of the other verses that are there. But I want you to hear this story this morning about Ruth. Then Naomi, her mother-in-law, said to her, My daughter, you shall not, shall I not seek security for you, that it may be well with you? Now is not Boaz our kinsman, with whose mage you were? Behold, he winnows barley at the threshing floor tonight. 
Wash yourself, therefore, and anoint yourself, and put on your best clothes, and go down to the threshing floor. But do not make yourself known to the man until he is finished eating and drinking. It shall be when he lies down that you shall notice the place where he lies, and you shall go and uncover his feet and lie down. Then he will tell you what you shall do. And he said to her, all that you say, I will do. Father God, this morning, Father, I thank you for your word. Father, I thank you, Lord, and I just pray, Father, that those here today are like me, Lord, and they want to know you more. Father, want to draw closer to you. Father, draw back into love with you like we were at one time. Father, would you open our eyes now to behold from your word? Father, would you clear out our ears that we may hear from Holy Spirit? Would you soften our hearts this morning? Father, speak to us through your word. And Father God, I just pray everything in the precious, most holy name of your son, Jesus. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. If you notice, kind of like last week when we were reading, you heard a couple of names. You heard Naomi. That was the mother-in-law. Said to her daughter, that would be Ruth. And then we heard the name Boaz. There are some people who will tell you that, in their opinion, the book of Ruth does not belong in what we know as the Bible today. We know we had people that sit down, they determine that because they say if, if you read the book of Ruth, you don't hear the name of Jesus in there. But let me tell you, when you know the beauty of what we're looking at, he's all through every letter of the book of Ruth. Such a sweet book. And so much is packed into just those few short chapters of, there's just four chapters there. But let me fill you in on who these two people are because you need to understand, to understand the whole grand narrative of what's going on here. You had Ruth. You remember Ruth? She was a Moabitess. She lived in the land of Moab. Naomi and her husband Elimelech and their two sons went down to Moab because of a, a famine and they married some Moabite women and then they died off and Elimelech died and then Naomi come back and Ruth come back with her. You remember there was a parting between Ruth and her sister and, and Ruth said, no, Naomi, I'm going to go with you. And that sweet line, your God shall be my God and your people my people. And now we take this Moabitess woman. She's from Moab, which is east of the Dead Sea, probably in the area of, you would know, as Sodom and Gomorrah, somewhere down where that was. And Moabites, I want you to follow through here with me, were descendants of Moab, who was the son of Lot. Do you remember when Lot became drunk? His two daughters seduced him. They both became pregnant and had children. One of them was Moab and the other was Ammon. So do you begin to see this line of histories not looking too good for Ruth. She was a pagan. The Moabites were polytheistic. They worshiped multiple gods. And here is something that we need to hear. The Moabite people were excluded from the Jewish community. 
Deuteronomy 23 says they were even excluded to be in the presence of the Lord. Isaiah 25 says they were enemies of God. Ruth was a poor widow, broke in mourning, and she had nothing to offer. In contrast to the other character, Boaz, he was an Israelite. That was God's chosen nation. He chose the Israelite nation. And guess what? He was well known in the community. He was rich. He had everything he needed. He needed nothing from no one. But yet these two opposites are going to come together. And do you know why it is so important that these two came together? Through their lineage, we get Jesus Christ. So how can we draw closer? Let me tell you, Jesus is known as our kinsman redeemer. Boaz was a kinsman redeemer. What is a kinsman redeemer? Let me just read to you. Leviticus 25.25 says, If a fellow countryman of yours becomes so poor, he has to sell part of his property, then his nearest kinsman is to come and buy back what his relative has sold. Ruth... And Naomi had become so poor that the land was having to go. It's going to be soul. But Boaz, being in that same line, he's a kinsman, can come in and to buy that land. I heard a message sometime back on this very topic of five ways to draw closer to Jesus. And it impacted me. And I'm going to pull from some of that this morning as I share with you. But I want you to understand, I hope all of you have an outline, because we're going to look at five ways to draw closer to Jesus. What this world is very good at is pushing us away from Jesus. Amen? Would you agree with that? There's nothing our flesh wants to push us away. But what does God tell us is five ways that we can draw closer to him. I want us to look at the story of Ruth and Boaz. The first thing I want you to see, that if we want to draw closer to God, we must come to him freshly cleansed. Freshly cleansed. You see there, verse 3 says, wash yourself therefore. Now remember, Naomi is getting Ruth ready to go meet Boaz. So that Boaz can become the kinsman redeemer. What do we need to do to be ready to come into the presence of our kinsman redeemer, Jesus Christ? Because as believers or as sinners, we are poor. We are dirty. We are enemies of God. As sinners, as lost people, we are not allowed in the presence of God. Does this sound a lot like Naomi? But yet God chose his son Jesus to be the kinsman redeemer who has everything. We have nothing to offer. But because of God's great love and mercy and grace, he offers us a kinsman redeemer to come in and to buy us back and to keep us in the family. James 4.8, we looked at a while ago, draw near to God and he'll draw near to you. It says, cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. 
So how is this? How are we to be freshly cleansed? If, if I tell you to come freshly cleansed, well, let me tell you how to be freshly cleansed. Number one, under freshly cleansed, you need to be cleansed by the word of God. It's not going to be in the outline. you got some space there. But you must be cleansed by the, the word of God. Let me read to you if you want to turn with me to Ephesians chapter 5, verse 25. It says, husbands, love your wives, just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself up for her, so that he might be sanctify her, having cleansed her, here it is, by the washing of water with the word, that he might present to himself the church in all her glory, having no spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she would be holy and blameless. We must be cleansed by the word. It says there that Christ wants us to be blameless and to be spotless. If we're going to come into the presence of God, we need to be freshly cleansed. Well, how is this possible? How does the word do that? Let me just read to you Hebrews 4.12. For the word of God is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword and piercing as far as the division of the soul and spirit of both joints and marrow and able to judge the thoughts and the intentions of the heart. God's word is what cleanses us. It's what tells us that we need to be cleansed. If we're going to be freshly cleansed, not as is it by the word of God, but we must be freshly cleansed by the blood of Christ. People don't like talking about the blood. Often don't hear about the blood anymore. The blood is the central aspect to our salvation. The blood is the central aspect to this book that we call God's holy word because it talks about the shedding of blood from Genesis all the way to Revelations. But we must be cleansed by the blood of Jesus Christ. 1 John chapter 1, beginning in verse 7, tells us about this cleansing. It says, But if we walk in the light as he himself was in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, his Son, cleanses us from all sin. If we say that we have no sin, we are deceiving ourselves, and truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. The blood of Jesus is the only thing that can cleanse us from our sin. The word tells us that we need the blood of Jesus Christ. So number one, if we're going to go and draw closer to Jesus, we must come freshly cleansed. Secondly, we need to come fragrantly consecrated. Ruth chapter 3, verse 3, we see she said, Wash yourself, therefore, and anoint yourself. So you see, we must come fragrantly consecrated. We need to be smelling good. Remember, guys, when you put on the cologne, ladies, you put on the perfume, you wanted to attract that one that you wanted to draw close to. You wanted to be washed up, bathed, so we're coming freshly cleansed and fragrantly consecrated. We're to anoint ourselves. First John tells us that as for you, the anointing which you receive from him abides in you. And you have no need for anyone to teach you, but as his anointing teaches you about all things, 
and is true and is not a lie. And just as it has taught you, abide in him. 1 John 2.27, do you notice there? It says, as for you, the anointing which you receive from him. What is the anointing that we receive from God at the very moment of our salvation? The Holy Spirit. We're anointed. We are filled with the Holy Spirit. If you also notice there, it says in verse 27, but as his anointing teaches you about all things, who teaches us in the word of God, but the Holy Spirit. We need to have the Holy Spirit in us. We need to be anointed by the Holy Spirit. We need to be surrendered to the Holy Spirit. And we need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And when the Holy Spirit is in us and we are filled to the point of overflowing, we're drawing closer to Jesus. God himself is within us and it pours out. And when he is the one that we're surrendered to, when he's the one that we're leading to, we can come fragrantly consecrated and it becomes a sweet aroma to Jesus. He wants to be there. He wants to meet with us. And thirdly, not only are we coming freshly cleansed, Secondly, fragrantly consecrated, but third, fitly clothed. Fitly clothed, the proper clothes. Remember when you were ready for your date, you wanted the right outfit. Well, if we're going to draw near to Jesus, we need to have on the right clothes. We need to be fitly clothed. There back at Ruth chapter 3, it says, and put on your best clothes. What is Naomi talking about here? Let me take you back into their culture and their context. Ruth is still in a mourning period. She's still wearing those funeral clothes, those probably black clothes. That's what we associate with it today. But there was a sign of clothing that they wore when they were mourning. And Naomi said, Ruth, it's time to take those mourning clothes off. Put on your best clothes. You're going to Boaz. You see, as believers, we have mourning in our life. We have sin that weighs us down. We're to be confessed and we're clean to that. We need to take our mourning clothes off and put on our best clothes. Look at Isaiah 61. Isaiah chapter 61, verse 1. Then the Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the afflicted. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted. I would think that Naomi, or Ruth here, is afflicted. Naomi is brokenhearted. To proclaim liberty to the captives and freedom to the prisoners. To proclaim the favorable year of the Lord. And the day of vengeance of our God to comfort all who mourn. Now here we go, begin to listen to this clothing. To grant those who mourn in Zion, giving them a garland instead of ashes. The oil of gladness instead of mourning. And the mantle of praise instead of a spirit of fainting. So they will be called oaks of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified the garland in place of ashes got to 
let our old self go. And then he says the, the oil of gladness. When we come before Jesus, we need to come with gladness in our heart. Are you glad you can come before Jesus? Amen. Are you glad you can come before Jesus? Let him know it. Come glad in your attitude that you're able to come before Jesus. And then it says there the mantle of praise instead of the spirit of fainting. Maybe we need to add more praise and thank you gods in our prayer and our time and drawing to Jesus instead of oh war, poor pitiful me. Do for me Jesus, do for me. This is what I need. Life is so bad. Change it to gladness and praise. Yes, Jesus wants to know when we're downtrodden, but he fills us up and to draw close to him. Come with praise. Come with thanksgiving. Remember that date we're taking on? We're going to carry that journey all throughout this. Can you imagine, ladies? You want to get close to the man. If you open the door, he opens the door. You open the door and he looks and says, Oh, brother, that's what you're wearing? Or maybe, man, you look good. What a privilege I get to go out with you. You see, you know, God created us. We need to come before him fitly clothed. We need to come to him taking off our old self, taking off our sin because we've confessed it. We've been freshly cleansed. And then we fragrantly got anointed with the Holy Spirit. Now we're clean and we're smelling good. We've got our fitly clothes on. We're we're ready to go before him. We don't just go before God in our rags. There are times that we must do that. But if we want to draw close, then we need to be freshly cleansed Fragrantly anointed, fitly clothed, and fully committed. Fourth thing, we need to be fully committed to draw close to Jesus. Ruth chapter 3. Let's look at the last part of verse 3 and the verse 4. It says, But do not make yourselves known to the man until he has finished eating and drinking. It shall be when he lies down that you shall notice the place where he lives and you shall go and uncover his feet and lie down. Then he will tell you what you shall do. Fully committed, Ruth. You're going to go down there. They're out there in the floor. He's going to be threshing the wheat. He's going to eat and he's going to drink and he's going to be merry. But you need to pay attention because he's going to go down and he's going to lie down. And when he lies down, Ruth, you go out there and you uncover his feet. And let me pause just real quickly. Because there are many who will take this and look at it and say that this was sexual in nature. That she was out there going to do something. That she was uncovering parts that she didn't need to. And they were going to be doing things by far. Is that what was happening? Because he even says, Boaz says that she's a righteous woman. You think Boaz would call her righteous if he, she was coming out there to seduce him? No. But this was a sign of being committed. She went to where he was lying, uncovered his what? His feet. And she lay down at his feet. She's fully committed. She is surrendered down at his feet. 
We need to be fully committed. She's telling her what to do. She says you're to go down there. So she's going to commit it to go down. She's committed to go and find out where he's at to uncover it. But let me tell you, you want to draw close to Jesus, you be fully committed and you come to the feet of Jesus. Some people want to come at the head of Jesus or somewhere. You come at his feet in submission and fully surrendered at his feet. And you're going to draw close to Jesus. So here we go. We're freshly cleansed. We've taken our bath. Fragrantly anointed. We've been filled with the Holy Spirit. Put on our cologne. We're fitly clothed. We've taken off our regular clothes, our rags, and we've put on the clothes. We're fully committed and faithfully compliant. I believe this is one of the, the key ones. Faithfully compliant. In verse 5, She said to her, all that you say, I will do. Ruth was faithful. And she was faithfully compliant to do what Naomi told her to do. To go out there to to wash and to put on the clothes and to anoint and go take the time to get down there. Find out where she's at and where he's at and to uncover his feet and to submit by being fully committed laying down at his feet she was faithfully compliant and she did exactly what she was said john 14:21 tells us this he who has my commandments and keeps them is the one who loves me and he who loves me will be my loved by my father And I will love him and will disclose myself to him. He who has my commandments and keeps them. Those who are faithfully compliant. It says that those are the ones who love him. And those who love him he will love. But I love this. He says there. And I will disclose myself to them. I will manifest myself. I will make my presence known to them. You want Jesus to make his presence known to you? You got to be fully committed. When Jesus speaks, we need to listen. When Jesus speaks, we need to respond. We need to be committed to each other. Husband and wife gets married, they're committed to each other. James chapter 1, verse 22 But prove yourselves doers of the word and not merely hearers who delude themselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks at his natural face in a mirror. For once he has looked at himself and gone away, he has immediately forgotten what kind of person he was. But one who looks intently at the perfect law, the law of liberty, and abides by it, Not having become a forgetful hearer, but an effectual doer, this man will be blessed in what he does. We must come faithfully compliant. Okay, so here we go. Let's step back just a minute and take a look at the whole thing. Naomi's told Ruth exactly what to do. Ruth has done this or is going to do this exactly the way she said. Does it do her any good? Pastor, will it really do me any good 
to do these five things. Believe if you do them expecting, it's going to do mighty things. Let's take a look real quick. What happened? Three things happened when Ruth did this. First of all, Boaz received her. He is going to be our Boaz. Boaz received her. Look there at Ruth 3, verses 8 and 9. This is where we're going to kind of go quickly. It happened in the middle of the night that the man was startled and bent forward. And behold, a woman was lying at his feet. He said, Who are you? And she answered, I am Ruth, your maidservant. So spread your covering over your maid, for you are a close relative. So she's at his feet. She's saying, cover me. And he takes her in. Not only did he receive her, but he reassured her. Look at verse 11. Now, my daughter, do not fear. I will do for you whatever you ask. For all my people in the city know that you are a woman of excellence. Now it is true, I am a close relative. However, there is a relative closer than I. Remain this night, and when morning comes, if he will redeem you, good. Let him redeem you. But if he does not wish to redeem you, then I will redeem you as the Lord lives. Lie down until morning. He reassured her. Same thing. When we come before Jesus, we draw near to Jesus. He's going to receive us. He's going to reassure us. And also, we see here that he replenished her. Look at 15. And he said, give me the cloak that is on you and hold it. So she held it and he measured six measures of barley and laid it on her. Then she went into the city. She said, these six measures of barley he gave me. Excuse me. And again, he gave her the cloak, and in it, hold it, she held it, and he measured the six barleys. Verse 16, when she came to her mother-in-law, she said, he did, how did it go, my daughter? And she told her that the man had done for her. She said, these six measures of barley he gave to me, for he said, do not go to your mother-in-law empty-handed. Once again, he replenished her. She held it out. He didn't just put a couple of scoops of barley. He gave her six measures of barley I've heard once I forgot to look it up how many pounds of barley he put on her abundance wouldn't you say that's how God is that's how Jesus is we draw near to him he's going to reassure us he's going to replenish us he's going to give us more than we need but best of all I think look at Ruth 3 and 18 Then she said, wait, my daughter, until you know how the matter turns out. For the man will not rest until he has settled it today. We can rest assured, church, that Jesus Christ has settled it today. He settled it some 2,000 years ago when he died on that cross. And we have a relationship with him by coming to him through faith. Now where is the grand narrative of the story? I told you that it was all in there. We're Ruth. As lost people, we were poor. We were dirty. We had absolutely nothing to offer. We were not even allowed in the presence of God because of our sin. 
But Jesus, the kinsman redeemer who Boaz is portraying in this story, Jesus had everything. There wasn't nothing I could offer Jesus. He's rich in glory and majesty. But when I draw near to him, he's going to draw near to me. You see, when I come before Jesus freshly washed, fragrantly anointed, properly clothed, fully committed, and faithfully compliant. Let me check, church, I promise you, if you draw to Jesus like that, you're going to draw closer to Jesus. Because while we have nothing to offer, he has everything. And when we draw close, he's going to come. And he's going to lavish his grace. He's going to lavish his mercy all over you. And he's going to cleanse you. He's going to make you perfect. We can leave our mourning. And we can come before him with rejoicing and with gladness. Would you bow your heads this morning? Oh, Father, how thankful. Father, you want a relationship with us. Jesus, you want a relationship with us. You want us to draw close to you. So much, God, that number one, you provided the way. Then, Father, you provided us the knowledge of how to do it. You know we're ignorant. Because, Father, your ways are so much higher than ours, but you spell it out for us. Father, you tell us that we need to come before you freshly cleansed. Father, we're cleansed by the word. We're cleansed through the blood of your son. Father, we need to come fragrantly anointed, filled with the Holy Spirit. Father, we need to come with the right clothes on before you. Father, we need to be fully committed. Lord, you want us all in. It's not half in or half out, but all in. And Father, you want us to be faithful in our commitment to you. Father, when we're in there day in and day out, we draw close to you. Lord, when we fail... May we come before you. May we be convicted by that word, Lord, and be freshly cleansed. Father, we need to do this daily. Lord God, I surrender to you. I ask that Holy Spirit would move in these next few moments.